We got some big-time recruits coming to the HBCU spring games. Willie Simmons tells us just how FAMU should be ran this year. And Savannah State has a new coach that has people kind of shaking their head and scratching at the same time. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Lay my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Info, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu listen of the day every day now, there's some big time recruits who are coming to these hbcu spring games and i think it is amazing because not only does it represent a nice shift it also represents the recruiting tool that spring games can be used as. They're not always used that way, but they definitely can be used that way. Now, it's spring game season, spring practice season, so everybody's going through their 15 practices. And on practice number 15, which we know, uh, Coach Jackson out of Grambling is making sure to let us know it is still a practice. Practice number 15 is essentially treated as game. You will hear us talking about spring games all the way throughout the end of the show from segment one, two, and three, all will have a mention about how spring will either be or how it went or how it will go. And you'll see that in segments two and three. But right now we're talking about the spring game in and of itself. And FAMU, Alcorn, uh, Tennessee State, they had spring games this weekend. And all three of these schools had a big time recruit come to their school. Now, that was led off by Florida A&M, and they hosted Cameron Davis, who was a five-star or a four-star, depending on, you know, at this point, all the star and metrics are all, they're everywhere right now. But depending on where you check, he's a five-star or a four-star running back out of Georgia. Man, it's almost like this whole show is connected, but I'm I'm going too far right now. I'm, I'm looking into the future, and I know what's coming, but just, just follow, right? So he's a five-star. Um, running back out of Georgia, the number four running back in the nation. Some people have him in their top 30, top 50 players overall in the nation, number four at his at his position. And he's committed, I'll say this, he's committed to Florida State, right there in the same city in Tallahassee, right? So you have him, and it was two other students who were at this game, and it was said that not, not him, not Davis, but the two other students, one of which is also a Tallahassee, Florida State commit, FAMU game, they went to the Florida State game and then came back to the FAMU game. Now, I'm just saying, I understand the vibes and I understand everything that comes with it. I don't know if this, what it means, but if one of these two were to flip over to the it wouldn't have that Florida State, you know, player or one of their prized jewels snatched away from them by an HBCU. I'm just saying. Now, what it means to me in this shift is the fact that HBCUs feel like they can get these guys. And I love it. And this all comes from and all stems from the Travis Hunter move. See, when Travis Hunter went to Jackson State, I believe that it was a momentum shift and it affected different people in different ways. But when it came to HBCUs, 
the way that it affected HBCUs was schools are looking and saying, you know what? We can shoot for the stars. See, you know how many times that I've heard people say, well, HBCUs never offered me. And sometimes that's a cop out because you might not have went anyway, but it's easy to say, well, they never reached out to me and kind of place the blame on the HBCU rather than just saying like, this, this not what I, that's not the path I wanted to go. But whatever, I, I, went, I went a little off base. What it means is now instead of seeing this five star with these power five offers, instead of saying, hey, I know he got Florida State. He got University of Florida. We're not going to get him. He got Georgia in his, in his ear. We're not going to get him over here at, at FAMU. Now it means, oh, well, I'm going to send the offer. I'm going to extend it. And I think that's the momentum shift and the shockwave that was sent through. That's the impact you've seen on HBCUs. No guy feels unattainable now to them. Now I feel like, oh, the best player in the nation, I can go get him. I just saw Jackson State do it. I don't care. Oh, Dion, Dion, Dion. Maybe, but all it takes is one part something. So you can say what you want about Dion. Use Dion Sanders to credit propelling a movement. Don't use Dion Sanders as a way to discredit other HBCU institutions. Because that's two completely different things. Saying that Dion Sanders is here and is injecting a little bit of juice into HBCUs and a lot of publicity around it, I'm with that. But saying, but well, that's Deion Sanders in a way to say these other schools don't have a Deion Sanders. That's minimizing the fact that there are really good coaches out there. And there's a lot of recruiters. And there's also a movement around HBCUs exclusive to Deion Sanders. But anyway, once again, on another tangent. But I love this because spring games can be a, a phenomenal recruiting tool. And I'm, I wasn't an athlete that was recruited. I'll be honest with you. I played ball in high school. I didn't get recruited, right? <laughs> so wasn't nobody inviting me out to their spring game or whatnot. But when I look at spring games, what they represent, often there's a junior day attached to it. And you look at the Grambling spring game that, by all accounts, was absolutely beloved. And kudos to them because they threw a great spring game. There was there was talks that this felt like homecoming and take it from somebody who went to an HBCU because of one of the preview days. I went to a preview day. And it shifted my whole opinion of the school. I, said, I didn't have an opinion about Texas Southern, but when I went, I said, oh, I got to be there. I got to be there. So I know how the preview days, the homecomings, the spring fest, right? Those type of things are. This was like homecoming, except it was only football. So I can only imagine what that environment was for these athletes. But in addition to just showing them a taste of the culture, because I heard I heard the band was out there for FAMU. In addition to giving them a taste of the culture, let's talk about the social media presence, because the more recruits are there, the more recruits take pictures with your jersey on, the better that your brand looks, the better that your school looks. When that athlete third war, when he comes to Texas Southern, he takes the picture with the Tigers jersey on, depending on who he is or how many players you get to take that picture. Well. Texas Southern starts to look a lot more enticing. That person goes back to his school and is, oh, what's, what's going on with Texas Southern? You look like you were having a really good time. At the end of the day, recruiting, it's a college. These are still 18, 17, 19-year-old kids. They want to go have fun. They want to see that they can enjoy themselves. There's certain things that happen. That's why when we talk about the little spinning camera at, at LSU, and I've seen Jackson State doing it as well. We see that spinning camera and the, and the coach dancing with the team or dancing with the player. That's a recruiting tactic. I don't care if y'all think it's funny or not. A lot of athletes going to look at me like that coach. He's trying to connect. He's doing all of these things. So I saw that. And that wasn't even their spring game or whatnot. 
in addition, but I also want to give some of the people who are also there in addition to it because, yes, it's a recruiting tactic, but let's see who they're trying to recruit. See, Tennessee State had Tavion Gall uh, Galloway. He was there. Galloway, excuse me. He was there at four-star tied in, and he just got offered by Grambling earlier in the week. He was at Tennessee State. You see Alcorn, they had um, a, a three-star defense alignment, Caleb Bryant, out of class of 23. Now, Davis and Galloway, they were class of 24, so they have another basically like two cycles kind of. You're not going to really be seeing them until December of 23, so you're looking at a year and a half, maybe two years, depending on where they are. February or December, you might see them. February 24 or December of 23, you start seeing them signing and whatnot. So they have time to get recruited, have time to get flipped over from Florida State. You have all things and there. You know, Galloway's still weighing his options. He's more of an immediate person. He's going to be coming up right away. But regardless of if you're going into your senior year, regardless of if you're going into your junior year, because that's when the cycle really starts up. That's when you really start getting recruited. They see you, but then your junior year is like, OK, now we're going to start talking to you in the senior year. Then it's like, okay, full court press time. And that's what this is. It represents these HBCUs and the pressure on athletes that maybe years ago, I'm not going to say FAMU because they hosted uh, Kayvon Thibodeau when he was coming out of high school as well. So there are Asians doing this. Let's not, let's not forget that and let's not think that I'm ignorant of that. I understand that completely. Looking at this, I love the fact of what it represents to the national media. Maybe some people who were not aware is like, okay, going to an HBCU is not a step down. It's something that I could really do. I see other people looking like looking like this is interesting. Let, let's try to get it done. Let's do it. And one thing that we're going to talk about getting done is Florida AM and their viewpoint to running the season this year. And this is coming straight from Willie Simmons, the head coach. I thought this was really fascinating that he actually said this. Not that he thought it, but that he actually said it. But first, let me tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best protein bar on the market. Bar, none, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and a ton of flavors that if I said out loud, you would probably think those are not healthy for you. Banana cream pie, those are not healthy for you. Blueberry muffin. My personal favorite. I just really wanted to say it. Uh, cookies and cream, not healthy for you. But you will be wrong on both of those because they do come with 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 net carbs. See, Built Bar has everything that you could possibly want in a protein bar. And it has everything you could possibly want in a candy bar. And when I say that, I mean taste. And then I mean health. That's exactly what this has. It's the best of both worlds, and you want some a little extra flavor? Get the Built Puffs with marshmallows and covered in chocolate, and watch it still be good for you. Oh, my gosh. These things are ridiculous. I can't even believe it's true, and I've said it for the umpteenth million time. Built Bar. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your offer. All right, so keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And today's word of the day is liaison, person who helps groups work together. We will be using that during the episode. But first, I want to tell you about how Willie Simmons came out and told us basically flat out how he wants his team to run next year. And I love the transparency. Now, when I say that I love it, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not surprised by it. I was surprised, not that he thought it, 
I wasn't surprised you think these things. I'm not shocked. I mean, you're you're a team builder. You're a coach. Your strengths, and I'm not going to say your weak strengths. You have to understand the play to those. So I'm not shocked that he would say something of the sort or think something of the sort. But I am shocked that he would say something of the sort. Transparency. I love it because I like when a coach just says, look, this is what it is. Let me tell you what he said. Let, let's not even build it up. Let's get straight into it. And I got something to say about Coach Simmons, and it's great. It's good stuff, fam, you people. It's good. It's good. I got something to say about him. But I think I'm, I'm, it's going to be sometime this week. I'm not sure if it's going to be the Feature Friday or not. I'm leaning towards Feature Friday, but I don't know. So if Willie Simmons is your Feature Friday, or if you don't hear about him through the rest of the week, expect to hear a little Feature Friday on Willie Simmons because I got something I want to say about him, and it's all positive. It's, it's praise, okay? Feature Friday is for good stuff. You ain't going to catch me bashing nobody on the feature Friday. It's not, not my steal up, okay? But here's what Coach Simmons said. He said, with this offense, we talk about first downs, and that's all we focus on. Nothing wrong with that. Let's keep, keep the ball moving. Nothing wrong with that. But here goes the rest of the quote. Just drive the car. If we can do that, we will be a really good team. Okay, let's keep going. Defensively, we flew around and made some plays and had some turnovers. I think that's what this bunch is capable of doing being one of the most aggressive units in the country. Now, I want to read the part where I paused again. He said, just drive the car. If we can do that, we will be a really good team. I'm not saying he's wrong. Not saying he's wrong at all. I am surprised that he came out and basically advocated for game managing because saying drive, just drive the car never sounds good in football. It just has a really bad stigma and connotation attached to it. Now, I've heard, well, we just need to game manage the quarterback. But I heard that from fans. Bunch of coaches, and I've definitely never just heard it for the whole side of the ball. Once again, I'm not saying he's wrong. But let's take it that way. I want to mention it because it was kind of jarring to me and, you know, didn't see it coming. But let's focus on the spin of that. Forget what he's saying about the offense. What he's really saying is this defense is so good that I don't need all of that in my offense. Never heard somebody say, you didn't, I didn't need you to be special. We don't need the offense to be special. No, I said I'm going to focus on it. He's saying this defense is so good that the offense just needs to make sure that they stay safe, make sure that they're just keep chugging. And if you're going to not, you know, keep chugging, don't make a mistake that is big. Try to stay as mistake-free as you can. Not many turnovers because I think if – you have to drive the length of the field against the Rattlers. Coach Simmons will gleefully take that. You got to drive all the way from your 50 to the 30-yard line to try to get in field goal range or all the way to the end zone. I will take that because I know how good my defense is. They have the ability to be one of the most aggressive units in the country. Well, what does this look like? What does one of these really strong defensive teams that – the offense just has to stay kind of consistent and make sure they're keeping it going. What does that look like? And I don't mean the 2000 Ravens. I think those days are done. I don't think he's saying the offense can be trash. He's just saying, look, the offense doesn't have to be special because our defense is special. So what does it look like? Well, when I think about last year, if I had to think about the first two players that came to my mind from Florida A&M last year, that's Marquise Bell and Isaiah Land. See, Bell, you have a guy who is going to be, who has a case, a chance to be the highest HBCU player picked this year. You have that. You have that guy who can be that guy. You know, we a, a rangy safety who can play in the box. I think he really is multiple. 
that you can use him. A real hallmark of the team, a real rock of the team. But then you have Isaiah Land. The only reason people might not think about uh, about Marquise Bell this way is because of Isaiah Land and the fact that Isaiah Land was the best defender in FCS football last year. Let's put it into a little bit of comparison or put it into context. Excuse me. Anderson, a guy that he was competing against for that award. People are talking about him as a third round, fourth round pick. Land beat him out. Land was voted as the better defender. He's one of the most disruptive players in the country at, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion, at the most important position on the defensive side of the ball. And that's edge rusher. There's some people who might say cornerback. I get it. I think edge rusher is the most important position on that side of the ball. No disrespect to my defensive backs, but Isaiah Lamb plays that. And he just beat out somebody who's going to be a third, fourth round pick. And the reason you're not talking about where is Land going to get drafted, because he's coming back. He's back in Tallahassee right now. He had to deal with surgery, so he didn't play at the spring game. I think he missed either most of or all of spring practice. But you have him coming back. He's a tone setter. Y'all remember in NCAA, the old game, the impact player who had like the star underneath his feet or whatnot? That's who Isaiah Land is, an impact player. Mark Bell is that as well. But Land is returning. That's what you get back at what I think is the most important position on the defensive side of the ball. It's amazing. And I know I, know I said one of those guys who's gone and whatnot. But who else is going to be there? Because you can't just get it done with land. And there's one guy in particular who I think embodies everything that Coach was saying. Now, this is from the reports of what happened during the spring game and how people have been talking about him during spring practice. Now, let's read it again because it is Isaiah Major. And let's let's read what Coach Simmons said again because there was two really specific things that I think really highlight are really highlighted in Major's game, and that's the fact that. He said, uh, flew around. He said, we flew around, but you're talking about flying around the ball, and then also had some turnovers, making turnovers. And both of those things you had when you're talking about Isaiah Major. Two standout points, right? So when Simmons is wanting that to be the hallmark of his team, somebody who's flying around or the defense is flying around and creating turnovers, and that's exactly what this player did after having a lot of buzz coming into the game, I think you might see a future star at the linebacker position in Isaiah Major. So you're going to have an Isaiah on both on both levels that is really going to make some noise. Now, one thing that Major said is speed is one of the things that is crucial in this defense. Speed, speed, speed. They fly around from the defensive line position to the cornerbacks and safeties. So all different body archetypes, they're out here flying around. Well, that lines up. When you have a reflection in speech between the coach and a player, especially a player that is in his first year here, he's a Juco, Juco transfer. So when you have that reflection between coach and player, a new player, that's how you know the message is really seeping in into all of these guys. I can guarantee you that Major is not the only person understanding how crucial speed is, understanding exactly what he wants. And they say that he was very aggressive in the run game. They say he was really aggressive in the pass, which also speaks to, I didn't talk about that as the two uh, big elements, but that was one of them as well. Remember that Coach Simmons said this could be one of the most aggressive units in the country. Well, I just told you that Isaiah Major plays with aggression. All reports. So he fits in there. And the last one, have some turnovers. 
Well, he forced a turnover. He forced a turnover and took it to the house. Now, there was a flag on the return, not the actual turnover, so it still would have counted even in the game, but there was a flag on the return, so he didn't get the touchdown for it. But watching him have a pass breakup and then also have an interception for six is like, well, this guy's fit. And, and he's everything they said he was. It's, hey, where, where did Major come from? No, if you've been listening and paying attention, you understood that Major was a guy who had been bubbling during all through all through practice. So I now understand why Willie Simmons says we just need to drive that car because this defense is special. Forget the other stuff I said at the beginning. We're going to attack that later on in the week. But right now, let's focus on the fact that Willie Simmons ain't lying when he tell you that this defense is really that special that the offense just needs to make sure they're taking care of their business and allow the defense to really handle their own. Now, we're going to talk about another school that is not as stable at the coaching position as Florida A&M. They don't have a guy who is connected with the people, but they seem to have had them in the building, but then got rid of them, according to a lot of people. And I'm talking about Savannah State. But first, let me tell you about Bet Online because the NBA playing games are right around the corner. They are here. Put your money down. Who you got? I'm going with them Pelicans to take over the Spurs. Pels 12, baby. Pels 12. Y'all can go check out Locked On Pelicans with my guy, Jake Madison, covering everything that you could possibly need. I'm taking the Pelicans over. That is just one of four playing games that you will be seeing during this during this um preview or lead up into the NBA playoffs. These are the things that you can find on BetOnline, like the over-under and the overall score. You want to do player props. Those are the most immediate things. We sit here and we talk about the future and the way too early MVP odds for the NBA or for the NFL. But how about the playing games that are right here? That Pelican Spurs game that I spoke on is just in Wednesday. It's just happening on Wednesday. So it's right around the corner. Like I said, put your money down if you're going to bet anywhere. Make sure that's at Bet Online because they are the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet Online, where it starts. All right, so wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, Savannah State has made the decision at the head coaching position for their football team. And it's not the name that everybody thought it was going to be or felt like it should have been. There were four finalists, and I think there was one person that a lot of people felt had the lead. And that's why they're scratching the head. They're shaking it. It ends up being Aaron Kelton that gets the job. And I don't want to slay him at all. We're going to build up his career and his path to Savannah State in a second. But I do want to address the controversy and kind of the disagreement because when I say there was critique or, you know, people shaking their head, it's the fact that they didn't like it. They did not like it. They felt like he deserved it. And I'm talking about Russell Demasi. He was a guy who was the interim head coach ever since the original head coach retired. Not Excuse me, not retired, but he stepped down to go be a part of the Virginia, Virginia Tech staff. And that was in December. So Demasi has been the interim coach for what now? December all the way through March? He's been now and so many people have advocated for him. And when this, when this new was released and i wish we would um our thursdays and fridays have been really packed lately especially with our our uh, top 10 list every thursday and then friday was just really good content there's so much going on in the hbcu landscape right now that it's sometimes hard to thing in but when you have a topic like this 
even when it's not right away, I want to make sure that I speak on it because I do. I just want to articulate what I think about this topic and what I feel about it. So. And I think that it's a situation where, look, Russ, Russell Demasi, I think you were deserving of the job from all accounts of people who are close. I'm talking about at the at the pro day. This guy is talking about or players are talking about, yeah, he deserves it. He's the guy for the job and that public and public endorsement. I would hope that it had some sway. I hope that it meant something because these players just left the program. They haven't even tried to go professionally yet. They can't. Some of them are still in school, probably about to graduate in, you know, what, two months now. I've been I've been out of school so long. I don't even understand dates. I think it's like a month and a half, maybe. But whatever. Um, And I've only been out for two years. Right. Uh, But there's players who are so close to this program saying that's the guy. That's the guy. That's the guy. And I think it's the fact that in addition to being the interim head coach and being there since. 2015 and he turned down the offer to come back on on Kelton's staff which I cannot blame him for at all but after being there for seven years and being an interim head coach for a couple of months and probably thinking that you're going to get this job with everybody around saying that you should you add all that and say well he's a hometown guy who says coaching for Savannah State was his dream he's a Savannah native Savannah native I don't know what you call people from Savannah maybe people in the Georgia comments can let me know but he's a Savannah kid to do this. And he probably would have been a perfect liaison to all of the kids in that area. Mind you, there's a lot of talent in that area. You can, it's one of those areas where that's the same way I feel about Texas, where you can scoop up the, the three stars and whatnot. You're going to have some talent on this, on that, on that roster. Some talent out of Georgia, Florida, Texas, Mississippi, Louisiana. There's a lot of, it's, it's rich down here. All right. It's rich. And he could have been a perfect guy to connect those Savannah students, those Savannah natives, just the same way he's a Savannah native. I think he would have been really good for that. And I think a lot of people thought that as well. But he just wasn't, it just wasn't him. They end up going in a different direction. They end up going with Kelton. And the coaching staff should start filling out towards the end of spring practice because, and like I said, it all comes back to spring practice and spring games. Remember I said that? And you're looking at a guy who he's he, he didn't even announce it. Like Demasi was still the interim head coach when they announced the game was gonna almost go on. See, so yeah, we're gonna start this Monday. And now I think I think Kelton is getting in last night. I believe that in his introductory press conference, he said he's gonna be in Savannah full time starting on Sunday, which would have been yesterday. It's tough. It's a really tough situation. He said, I'm not going to steal any coaches from anybody's roster or anybody's staff during spring practice. That's just not what I'm about because I would hate if somebody did it to me. So I'm not going to do it to anybody else. And I get that. So if you're looking for the coaching staff to fill out, you're going to have to wait until after a lot of people's spring practices and spring games are finished. There are going to be some coaches who stay over from the last coaching staff. So they'll be able to do something. This won't be to his full capabilities. And he said the spring game, he being Coach Kelton, is it's not going to be your traditional spring game. It's just not because there's so much that they do and so much that they won't be able to do. I hate it because you have until the fall to implement your offense and install and everything, but the amount of benefit that you would have gotten or, or received from a spring practice just isn't there now because you're still trying to fill in your coaching staff and probably won't have it until – after spring practice until maybe the summertime going into the fall. So there's someone's moving and shaking right now that you got to feel a little bad for them, but Hey, it is what it is. They're the one who decided to go with Kelton. And I want to give his, his resume because look, 
surprise aside, it's his team no more. It's just it's now Kelton's team. And let's see about why he's a good he's a good candidate. Let's see about why he's a good candidate. And that's the fact that he has 30 years of experience. He's been at four different NFL teams as an intern. And he's a defensive guy through and through. He came here from Howard. He was a defensive backs coach there. He's been a co-defensive coordinator before. He's been an interim head coach. He's been a head coach at Shorter University. So he has experience not only as an a head coach, but also as an HBCU coach. Because before Howard, it was Morgan State. Before Morgan State, or I don't know the uh, order of it, excuse me, but before it was Morgan State and it was Virginia State. So he's been coaching at HBCUs. He's been coaching on the defensive side of the ball. So if you're looking at what he should be strengthening, then it's probably the defensive side of the ball first, a defensive back coach, that pass coverage. That's the things that I would look at immediately to see how they're affected for Savannah State. And he's stepping into a real good situation. They've been back-to-back winning season, first two winning season in over 25 years. A big achievement. So you're stepping into a really good foundation, a really uh, good amount of momentum as well and you're saying okay let's go do something there and you're in georgia remember at the beginning i said it's going to come back now it's all the way here right this is what we love a callback and georgia is such a rich talent area it's just so much squad like so much talent and so many really good squads in georgia now he gets to reap the benefits of that no disrespect to a lot of other places but there ain't many places that's made like georgia louisiana texas florida it's just not like that. All right. Cali, even in that conversation for really good players out on you. Too many places that are cut like those states that I'm naming. He gets to be a part of one of those states and really recruit there. So I, I, I wish him well. You can say what you want that it should have been Demasi or whatnot. But at the end of the day, Eric Aaron Kelton is the new head coach of Savannah State. And we're going to wish him well. And we're going to continue covering Savannah State and his journey through his first year on Locked on HBCU. So if if you want to catch that, continue us your first listen of the day every day. I hope I put my best foot forward. Made sure that you wanted to make this this your first listen of the day every day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL Draft. My guy Eric Crockfell, an AFL cornerback, and then his partner Ryan Tracy breaking out everything that you need for the NFL Draft. I was checking out their top five wide receiver episode just earlier today. Absolute chef kiss. Great content now on tomorrow's episode we're going to be talking about texas southern spring game i have a good friend of mine who we covered the team together when we were in college he was at the spring game he's going to come on here and tell us what he saw and then also talk about his journey in media along with his own media company so there's a lot of good things on tomorrow's episode you're not going to want to miss it i bet you that now until then if you want to catch me you can find me on twitter at south exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed Peace.